Here we go. Episode 27 of the Hardline Sports Talk. John Michael Masiri. I am Michael Merlo. We are here with you for another episode. JM, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, well, I've been better. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lots has happened, obviously. Well, that's good English by me. Lots has happened. A lot has happened. Yes, sorry. Ooh, hot start. No, hot start. Um, It's been a long day. Didn't get much sleep. We're all good, obviously. My baseball team. My my, my baseball team's playing well, right? Yeah, yeah. Real good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sweat. They got the sweep this weekend, but uh, in the wrong way. Yeah. yeah. Mets get swept out of Philadelphia, the most disgusting city in New, um, in New York. Wow, I'm off today. In the country. Um, we're going to talk some Yankees baseball in a little bit, but let's start with and the AL East, because the AL East is very interesting. But um, let's start with the New York Mets because it wasn't good. It was actually the worst possible weekend they could have had. I I can't draw it up any worse than than how it went. The Mets now sit as of Monday, August 9th at 10.30 p.m. They sit in third place, two and a half games back of the Phillies and a half a game back of the Braves in in second place. And And I have a lot to say, not only just with the way they've been playing, but just overall about the franchise and even and even a little bit about the fan base including myself um in the words of joe girardi it's not what you want yep um yeah really really bad slide for this team and now they're not setting themselves up for success because they're about to get into a three-game set with the nationals not bad but then you got to play 13 games against the two best teams in the nl in the giants and the dodgers so, yeah, obviously, um, I'm going to kind of let you take the floor with this, but if I could just give my quick input here and my thoughts, I think that, number one, this isn't the number one issue, but this is the first thing that just came to my head. Steve Cohen's got to get off Twitter. Um, just own the freaking team. Stop saying, oh, uh, I have a really good feeling about it tonight, and blah, 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 blah. And I think this whole, like, culture around the Mets needs to stop where they're, like, catering to the fans so much. And, like, I like that they Pete Alonzo and them, like, they try and have a connection to the fans and Steve Cohen. But, like, at the end of the day, you're a professional baseball player. Fans are fans. Like, just go out there, worry about yourself, perform. Because this, this quote from Pete Alonzo is, is really just brutal to read. Um, I'll, yeah. just, I'll just say it real quick. It says, Mets fans, believe in us. Don't just believe, no, because I understand these are tough times, not just in baseball, but in life in general. Know that this is just a speed bump and a challenge. Also, smile. You get to watch baseball. Even though it's a game, I know we have the most passionate fan base in baseball, and I understand that it's frustrating. It's frustrating for us, but just understand that we're here to get... Like, this is just... It's really corny, is what I can say. It's just super corny. In the beginning of it, he basically goes on to say, this is our job. You know, we have a job to do. Other Everybody has a job. And, you know, when you have a bad day at work, you come home and you, you have to deal with it. And he was basically saying before that as well, we're just not having a good day at work. And he's right. trying to, I guess, make it. So see, it seemed like to, equal to the regular see, but person. but Pete Alonso needs to understand that he's not working a 9-to-5 job where yeah. he's making $65,000 a year. He does mention that he's, he's blessed play, to play he's baseball. He's playing baseball. In the, in a, no, but I'm not even saying, like, 
he's being ungrateful. I'm saying he needs to understand that this is an entertainment business, and he gets and him and a lot of other guys get paid a lot of money to entertain the fans. And the fact that they're not entertaining them, they're doing the opposite of it, you're going to get some outlash from people. Now, if people are being ridiculous and saying nasty thing, like really below-the-belt stuff, obviously that's you have a right uncalled to be for. But stop with the corniness and the, oh, this is it's just a game. You can't exp- – you see, he like backpedaled his statement. You can't say they're the most passionate fans in baseball and then say it's just a game. Yeah. So – People are going to be passionate because they care about it so much and they're so invested to it. And then you can't say, hey, it's not that serious. It's just a game. Exactly. I don't know. That's my thoughts. No. You're right about that. Let me, let, let me just start with this. Okay? And it'll – Mets fans have a loser's mentality. Mm-hmm. Okay? And they'll tie into what I'm about to say. I, I want to start with the past ownership and people that ran the team, front office. Brody Van Wagenen and, and the Wilpons. They screwed this team. In so many ways that, you know, it's, it's affecting them right now. They, you know, people say, oh, well, they didn't do a lot of the trade deadline. And then that's including me. The Mets are very top heavy with their prospects. They have five to six, maybe even seven really good guys that they don't want to touch. Then they have nothing. Right. There's no mid-level. There's no low-level. It's just a bunch of top guys and then lower-level prospects. So they didn't, like the Yankees were able to package a lot of mid-level prospects. For Gallo and Rizzo, they they had the farm system to do it. The Mets do not. The Mets have a lot of top guys. That's the first thing where the Wilpons would just trade those guys, trade the top heavy guys, trade the mid level prospects to save money, and really didn't care about building you know the whole farm system. Second of all, the Zach Wheeler thing was just absolutely god awful. He had a great second half in 2018. He had a great second half in 2019. Brody Van Wagen and basically made fun of him as he walked through the door, as he walked out the door. Yeah. So that's obviously not a good look, Brody. Um, because he's going to win Cy Young this year, he, most he likely might. in the right National now, League. He probably is the Cy Young. I would say so. So that's the first thing. The past, the past regime killed him. Oh yeah, it, it, that's going to have its effects for years. Yeah. yeah. So now let's get into this front office, okay? And I don't know a lot about Steve Cohen's business and how he makes money, right? I don't know a lot about that. This point seventy two or whatever else he has. I'm gonna guess that he's he's a, obviously he's a very smart guy. He knows what he's doing. And when he bought the Mets, he had to hire people to do what they had to do. I just don't know if him being this very rich guy. Very, you know, almost like very, very passionate about the Mets, wanting the Mets to be this great. Why hire such conservative people that don't want to maybe make that big splash? Right. I'm not saying they didn't do anything. I'm not saying they didn't even try to do things. Mm-hmm. But Sandy Alderson will always take the safe route. Yeah. And I think with Steve Cohen here, when when he buys the Mets as almost like a toy, you know, it d- doesn't make sense to hire these people. And I was somebody that said, oh, I, I like that Sandy's coming back. Yeah. The George Springer thing, and I'm not saying, you know, obviously we can't fault them because most Mets fans like myself said, I'd rather have Conforto for seven years than Springer for six. Right. That's a loser's mentality. Have both of them. Right. Get both of them. JT Realmuto. I, I def- I've defended the James McCann thing for a while. I, I don't I don't think I can anymore. They say, well, we might not have Francisco Lindor if we sign JT Realmuto early. That's a loser's mentality. Right. Get both of them. Mm-hmm. Get, but trade for Francisco Lindor. Trade for Cookie Carrasco. 
sign JT Realmuto. Wait till when JT Realmuto wants to. Right. So, it's a loser's mentality. And I just really, really, really am upset by all this. Right. I mean, yeah, you look at the Conforto stuff. And like you said, maybe it made sense. Oh, we didn't know Conforto was going to be this bad and, and whatever. But at the end of the day... We can only read stats and what we see on the field or whatever. But you also got to realize these guys that are running these teams are supposed to be professionals. And they have all the data and all the people. And they're supposed to know more than us. So, while, yeah, you might say, oh, that would have made more sense when you looked at it. I think once in a while they need to prove people wrong. And I feel like that just doesn't happen enough. Because, like I said, they're, they're supposed to be the professionals and, and have the scout. You know, when you – this is just me as a Yankee fan. This is what comes to my mind. It, you know, nobody thought much of uh, trading for Luke Voigt or Aaron Hicks or whatever. But sometimes, you know, we don't I – don't, I don't know how Luke Voigt has this little twitch in his swing and they can fix it and he can be a great player for them. Sometimes that's what the great organizations do. They find diamonds in the rough – and I feel like the Mets just don't do that enough, and I'm sure you can agree with that. But, like you said, this is all going to come from the previous regime. It's, it's going to stain them. Uh, just to touch back on Pete Alonso, not the quote part. Pete Alonso, the player. I think Pete Alonso is a great player. I don't think he's necess- he's not going to be, you know, he's he's not your franchise player. I think he's he'll be an all-star level player for his career, but he's not, he's not like future Hall of Fame. He's not the Francisco Endor of your team. Right. But if you want to be regarded as that and be regarded as a star, I'm sorry. I know guys go through slumps, but you can't hit a slump in the most crucial time of the year when you're in a race for your division. It's it's just, like I said, I know guys go through slumps, but really, really bad timing. And if you want to be regarded in, as the franchise guy and sell all the jerseys and get all the money and all that, you, you can't go in an 0-for-20 slide or whatever he did when you're literally battling for your spot in the playoffs. Yeah, he's 3 for his last 35. And listen, this guy is – this guy carried the team basically right out of the break right. for a couple of weeks. He, he really did. I mean, he was on a tear. But, his yeah, his OPS has dropped almost 40 yeah. points in the last two weeks. Right. So, you're 100% right. I mean, it's a terrible time for a slump. It's never a good time for a slump, but it's – um. It just hasn't it hasn't been good, and you know I'm looking at guys on this roster, and and Don, Dom Smith, we talk about it. This guy's had a 700 OPS. You take out the 2020 season, yeah. So he's an average ball player, right? And I was I was high on him. It, it's funny because you look at these guys, and you look at I'm just gonna name you know the core the, the the guys that they thought were core pieces of this team: Conforto, Nimmo, Dom, Davis, Pete, McNeil. You know, Lindor coming into the year. Position players. These guys have shown in the last two, you know, as long as they've been here, for the last two to four or five years, some of these guys, they've produced. They've been productive players. Not, you know, some of them not all-star level players, but, you know, they've been productive players. You know, McNeil, Alonzo, Conforto, they've been all-star level players. Dom for a 60-game season, and we thought that would parlay into something else. Davis had a very good 2019 season. Nimmo's been a productive player, gets on base. And Nimmo and McNeil and Alonzo, aside from the last two weeks, have done that. But these other guys just not producing, and it's killing them. And they have 
a slight track record of being productive players and they're just not doing it. And you, I don't know if you can put that on Sandy because we all thought these guys would be productive right. players. It's it's crazy. If you if I told you Michael Conforto was going through this this season, you would have called me crazy. Right. I mean, it, it, part just, of part of it's just mind numbing because you're like, what is it? You know, you want to point fingers, but it's. It's got to be on the players. I mean, yeah. what else could be? You say the hitting coach? I mean, come on. Has, I hate that the, lesson. Is the hitting coach really going to make a, a 100 OPS po- a point difference? The thing like, with really? the hitting coach and firing Chili Davis is such a... Why is it so blown out? I don't know. Pause. It's just not like... It makes absolutely slight difference. Slight, right. slight difference. The fact that they fired the hitting coach right. and brought in somebody else. That's a coach on this staff already. Right. Come on, get out of here with that BS. It's just people trying to start, trying to start crap and start you know want to start drama with the team right. and saying they made a bad decision. It's 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 very confusing. You don't know what to lay your finger on and say. I, the the thing you could say is I don't know. I just this. I guess they're just not as good as we thought. And um, you know now you look at the Javier Baez trade. Oh no, let's get to that. And Please. It's it's a complete waste. I mean. The guy's already basically, you know, when Lador comes back, he'll be playing out of position, and he's not producing at all. He went 0 for 5 with 5 actually, strikeouts. He's actually a better second baseman. Against the Marlins. Is he really? Yeah, it's insane. That's weird, because yeah. he has very good defensive stats Well, he short. won the gold glove at short, but they yeah. say he's a better, better, better defensive second baseman. But, you know, the guy's not producing, and listen, you didn't give up an arm and a leg for him. You gave up Pete Crow Armstrong, who is a respectable prospect. The guy was a first-round pick and is still early in his professional career. He's still in the lower levels of the minor leagues, but Pete Crow Armstrong could, be, could turn out to be a good player. And... We know you, you had to buy. We said that. We're not knocking them for going out and getting someone, but they got the wrong person. They definitely got the wrong person. I can't stand the I, You know, when, when they traded for him, I was like, I'm happy they did something. I'll give it a chance, but I'm not overly excited. And you knew that. You knew I didn't really want Baez that badly. Right. I, I would have rather Brian. I would have rather somebody else, but it is what it is. But it's, it doesn't look good. Uh, he's already hurt. He got yeah. hurt on Sunday. And I don't like him. I mean, if I was if I was Steve Cohen and I come in, just started to own that team, I might be looking at a bit of a facelift. I mean, obviously you want to keep DeGrom. You want to keep Alonzo. You want to keep some of those core guys. But you're trying to turn things around here and get rid of the, the old and bring in the new. Do you really want to keep all these core guys? Like, I'm saying you let this offseason. Last offseason wasn't easy to do it. I'm talking about this offseason. Yeah. Conforto. See you later. Syndergaard. See you later. Yeah. Even, I know this sounds crazy. Even if Syndergaard comes back on a team-friendly, like, one-year deal, just don't even bother. The guy's going to get hurt again or whatever. It's not working out. He's had run-ins with the media here. I'm... He's a head case to me. I don't think he can, he can play in a big market like this because he's just a nut job with mm-hmm. media in he's general. He's funny as Social hell, media, but, yeah. press conferences, yeah. whatever. Yeah, he is funny, but I don't think that's going to fly over here. Like I said, I think you, you kind of just need a culture change. And I think bringing in some new faces, I think the manager needs to be addressed. Let's be honest. Luis Rojas was a consolation prize for uh-huh. losing out on Carlos Beltran because of the cheating scandal. You brought the guy up who was... Beloved in the organization. My computer always wants to restart when we're freaking recording. Um, Is it still recording? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Um, 
But, like I was saying, you he was a consolation prize. You had Beltron. You lost out on him. And now, yeah, he was beloved in the organization. He coached these guys in the minor leagues a little bit. But, guess what? It's not working out. And you can't just sit around and, you know, oh, maybe we'll give him another year or two. I feel like you gotta be. They gotta ultra be aggressive here. They gotta be let's ultra go. aggressive. Exactly. Let's Steve Cohen, go. you want to go out and say we're gonna get all these guys? We have the money now. Let's get Francisco Lindor. Blah blah blah. We're giving out all this money. Like you said, ultra aggressive. You gotta. Nope, not gonna fly, Luis Rojas. You're not the manager for this team. Bring someone new in. Listen, you know how I feel about Rojas. He really grew on me um, in, a, in a certain part of the season where they they had nobody and they were winning games. So I was I was high on him at, at a time. But if you have a replacement for him that you like, right. If there's somebody better, I'm always okay with it. Right. I'm always okay with it. Right. And you know what? He does de- deserve some blame for them, you know, getting healthy and not being able to take the division over right. and, and run away with it. So, yeah, you got to – listen, I don't want to fire somebody and then not have a good replacement. Oh, of course. I'm, I'm, I'm conservative there with, with firing people and letting people go. Yes. I like agree. that. I, you know, I don't think firing people always is the it's greatest – It's like the same thing with what they were saying that, uh, people want to – we're coming for Brian Cashman's job. Yeah. Who are you going to replace Brian Cashman with? A guy who's regarded as one of the best. You GMs better have. You better have a good replacement right. for him. So yeah, I'm fine. Bring Beltron. Bring, yeah. bring Beltron. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. Why not? Uh, I don't know. You. After what went down, I don't. I don't even know if Beltron would want to come back. I think he's going to be a manager in baseball. Maybe yeah, maybe in baseball. I think uh, he's gonna be a. Match. I think he's gonna be a good man. Well, I don't think people are gonna care now that you see AJ Hinch and now. Uh, well, I'll score the Red Sox sliding a little bit, but AJ Hinch, the job he's doing in Detroit right now. But I it's mean, not the same regime that let him go. I mean, they had no choice, obviously. Right. But it's not the no, same. No, I'm people. saying you see these guys who are involved in the scandal, and AJ Hinch is bringing the Tigers to a record that we didn't think was possible yeah. for the Tigers, which isn't anything crazy. It's a 500, around 500 but record. But it's very but impressive. That's extremely impressive for a team that we thought was probably going to be the worst team in baseball. Yeah. They're the Pirates. Um, but, yeah, just going back to the Mets, ultra-aggressive, and let's... Steve Cohen should walk into Sandy Alderson's office or whatever the hell, however the hell they do it. Sandy walks into his office say, listen, I know you don't want to be irresponsible here and you shouldn't but let's step it up a little here let's get let's let's start making some more calls let's you know let's make some a little more deals than we're used to usually there's one or two prospect i hate prospect hoarding you know this yeah like francisco alvarez better be on this team in two years right See, but why i know you don't want to do it wait for a prospect to be called up for two years or whatever but what the hell? Like James McCann is really just gonna clock up a spot for Francisco Alvarez? They're not gonna wait. They're not. They're you yeah, really? They're, no, that's think what I'm saying. They're, they're, gonna, they're gonna just have to say James McCann, you're on the bench or whatever. See you later. And he's gonna be getting whatever he's getting, fifteen million a year. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're waiting for McCann. I think they're waiting for Alvarez. Yeah. Already. Yeah. So what? What's your point? I'm saying why would they have committed to McCann if they knew this guy was coming up? He's 19. Okay, but. Listen, the McCann deal, you know, let me walk back that statement. It's okay to sign a catcher to a deal, you know, for four years when you have a 19-year-old prospect. Obviously, the Yankees, you know, would sign Aaron Hicks and they had Jason Dominguez. You yeah. Know, it's years away. But back to the McCann deal, it has nothing to do with Alvarez. Just the deal itself, you talked about it before. It's It, it was a con- another consolation prize. 
Yeah, exactly. And I like Cheese McCann. I think he was a respectable player. He had good numbers in uh, Chicago, and he wasn't getting but consistent enough But he was a platoon player. Bats. Yeah. But, can, like I said, consolation prize. Exactly. And the it, loser's it's gonna, mentality. And, and it's, it's going to screw them for a couple of years. Because I I don't think $10 million is going to screw them for a couple of years. But uh, that's when you want to go over the when they don't want to go over the luxury tax or whatever, and you're already giving Francis Quinto thirty four million dollars. They're willing to go over the luxury tax. They've said okay. that. I'll see it when I believe it. I'll I think, believe it when I see it. I think they'll go. I think they'll go if they have to. Okay. They're not going to just go over the luxury tax for a couple million dollars. They're going to. Steve Cohen said this. We're going to blow past it. Right. So they've they've said they're not afraid of it. I think something we're realizing with Steve Cohen though, he does a lot of talking. Yeah. And not enough yeah. doing. I, th- I think the Degrom, also the Degrom news, the, the day of the deadline, they knew at one o'clock. So I, th- I think maybe, right. that was also an issue. I, I don't think he's coming back this season. You remember we were talking about it with Degrom and just how great of a season he was having, and I was just saying you're kind of just waiting for the hammer to drop on this guy. We we said it the whole time and. I don't know what the injury is related to. It's, it it could have nothing to do with velocity or whatever at all. But when the guy's throwing 100 over and over again and just, like, blowing everyone out of the water, it does it put that in the back of your mind. You're like, eh, it's a little sketchy. Like, this is almost, like, too good. Like, I don't know what the hell's going on Especially here. for a Mets fan, And you yeah. don't know what it could be. It could have been his mechanics. He was getting more torque and having more power in his pitches, but it turns out that was putting more stress on his legs. Or putting more stress on his arm or whatever. You don't know. What's his exact injury designation right now? Right elbow inflammation, but that was with the forearm. Right. That, this, the injuries on the IL for right now is from pitching. The other three were all from hitting. Really? Yeah. Well, that could also be related to pitching and, you know, he, he tweaked something. He says he, 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 yeah, he's, no, he said he tweaked everything when he was hitting. Okay. Which is crazy. You still down for that? No, I'm done. No DH done. yet? No, smart. I'm out. I'm out. Also, um, a guy that I'm just, you're going to be shocked by this, but a guy that I want back, oh. Marcus Stroman. Really? Now you want I'm him back? I'm turned around on him. Okay. Why? Did he unblock you? No, he. I'm not unblocked yet, um, but uh, you need to see he, his run support. He has, he has 11 losses on the year. Mm-hmm. You know how many runs the Mets total in those games have scored? How many games have they started? I don't know. Oh, only in the, in the 11 games? How many have they scored the Mets? 15. 12. Oh, my God. He's pitching very well. I, I, I have to I have to say it. That is awful. He's that pitching, is actually awful. He's pitching well. Right. There's no doubt about it. So, and I, I said this the other day, you bring him back, but I want Stroman as like the, a back-end guy. Like a four- Okay, a four. Yeah. You'd have a really good rotation. if Carrasco, three. Four. I want somebody else here, and I want Walker as the – or even McGill because Walker isn't cu- cutting it. Right. And he wasn't bad on Sunday, but he wasn't good. He gave three solo home runs. Home runs are killing him now. It's it's going to be an interesting – but when you look at the offseason outlook for the Mets, it, free agency does not help them at all because the best free agents – are the best you know best positions in free agency are shortstop and first base, and yeah. that's literally their two best position players. Yeah. So they're gonna have to kind of get creative in the off season, you know, to try and maybe find some guys who aren't we didn't know was on the market in the trade market, 
Or, you know, maybe go out. I think a guy who should definitely be on the Mets' radar, Marcus Semien. I think he should be on their radar in the offseason. Keep throwing him a third? You can put him a third. Um, McNeil's arm isn't great, right? He's, he's not really, really he, McNeil's baseman. a good second baseman. Yeah. So I'd keep him. Yeah, I would, Semien could play third, yeah. He that, could play all over the infield. That sounds like a plan. Right. Do um, it. But, yeah, they're going to have, they're going to have to get creative like I said and you're going to be looking for a corner outfielder now because we don't know they might sign Conforto but we don't think he should they should so you're looking for a corner outfielder then I don't know I think you're looking for two who exactly is on the market like I said I think they should maybe move Nemo to left yeah and yet a center fielder because that would really help their defense too but there was actually there was a center field there's a a really good player available actually in center field. Who? Oh. He, he, his name was like, it starts with a G. Are you trying to make a joke right now? Yeah, George Springer was it. Oh, okay. Do you see this guy's numbers? Yeah, he's tearing it up right now. No, but like, let's seriously look at his numbers. Right. Like, let's seriously break it down. Listen, as a Yankee fan, I'm a little scared for the Blue Jays, like, in the next couple of years. Oh, I would be freaking petrified. This lineup and the core they have is... Pretty nasty. I mean, and you, the first thing that comes to mind is all Vladdy and Boba Shatt and Springer, but then you're like, hey, there's this guy named Teoscar Hernandez who can rake. Lourdes Scurriel's pretty Scurriel. good, too. He's no. Kevin yeah. Biggio is having a eh, year. Oh, my boy Randall Grichik. Uh, and know. obviously Semyon, but, you know, he's going to be a free He'll agent, so we'll see what happens with that. Can I read you these numbers quick? In 94 games, okay? So this is 2020 and then the 43 he's played this season so far. Okay? Mm-hmm. 28 home runs, 65 RBIs, 275 batting average, 944 OPS, 153 OPS+. plus. You want me to add 2020 into that? You want to hear the averages for this? Sure, go ahead. Uh, what the hell is this? Oh, Sorry. 60, uh, this is not the average, this is just total. 67 home runs, 161 RBIs, 961 OPS. Guy's just been absolutely tearing it yeah. up the past few years. Yeah. He's a product. The only the only thing that w- would hold me back in the offseason was the ability to stay on the field. Right. That was it. And the fact that he was probably only going to be a center fielder for two to three more years. Yeah. But he's a leader, he's a winner, and he's a productive player. I remember we were talking about the Mets lineup, and I said, I th- this was before the season or whenever it was, I said, I think the Mets have a very have a good lineup, but it's just a little boring to me. I don't, I don't, I didn't think they had enough star power in that lineup. You remember me saying that? Yeah. And I think that's hurting them. I mean. When you get a, a, a real, true, feared hitter in that lineup, that makes a really big difference. Um, it makes it easier for the other guys. It takes the pressure off and everything. And I just think we know how good of a player Francisco Lindor is, but if you asked pitchers, you know, you're the most feared hitters in the league, Francisco Lindor isn't high on that list. I mean, he's he's a... A top twenty-five hitter in the league, but I'd I'd probably just give him that. When you yeah. look at his offensive numbers, the guy's an eight forty OPS guy for his career. That's good. That's all star level. It's not MVP level. Yeah. It's not, you know, pitch around level. It's not that 
good. Yeah. And you look at the numbers for George Springer, like you said, and he's just better. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying they should have gotten Springer instead of Lindor, but maybe I am saying that. I'm not there yet, but I don't know. It's They need another guy. I have a dream guy. Like, I would just kill for him. Like, it's realistic. It's not like, oh, Shohei Otani. Um, Jose Ramirez? Yeah. yeah. How did you know? You know I love Yeah, Jose I know Ramirez. you love Jose Ramirez. Yeah, I, that's who I would love. Throw him a third. He's a, I'd consider him a feared hitter. He's oh, yeah. Legit, legit. Yeah, that, that'll be it. Listen, they, they. That's basically the book on the Mets. I mean, I think we basically just broke it all down. And when I say this, and I, I said it the last time as a joke, I'm checked out, right? Like, obviously I have a sickness. And, and, and <sighs> Tuesday night at 7.10 from home, I'll put the game on. Right. But I know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. They'll pull me right back in. Yeah. Nice little series. Just when I thought I was out. Just when I thought I was out. I'm right back in. I don't know. Maybe they'll beat the Giants up or the Dodgers up for a series or two. And I'll be like, well, look at this. And then maybe there'll be a half game out. And I'll say, well, they're beating the good teams. And then they'll break my heart eventually. Right. I think the Phillies are going to win this division. Okay. I Um, think the Braves are going to win. You do? Yeah. Yeah. I I think the Phillies got the pitching. the, The pitching edge over them. Okay. I mean, they got a, they literally have a true number one. Listen, when I look at what's going on this year, I would say the Phillies, but I just don't. I like that team just has, they can collapse in two seconds. I think the Braves are, you know, they're they've been there, they're a little more experienced and stuff like that, and they have more of a, I guess, v- veteran presence. And you have Jorge Soler's ranking right now. They got Adam Duvall, Freddie Freeman's been the Freddie Freeman that we know. Um, just real quick. I don't. We don't want to spend too much time on the Mets, but honestly, they're the story. They are the story. We just talked about the Mets for. I mean, I think we're about a half hour in. Actually, and we haven't even mentioned Edwin Diaz. Yeah, who is a good reliever. He's a good, solid closer. I mean, when you look at his numbers with the Mets, he's not even good. He's been average no, with the yeah. Mets. The no, twenty nineteen season. Yeah. Was- um, and it's just unbelievable. I believe he has a seven-something ERA in non-save situations. I mean, why even bring him in? Why even bring him in? In non-save situations. Yeah. You know what's you know what's crazy about that? And this is on Rojas for sure. It was Friday night. They were down two to one to the Phillies, right? And they they obviously they weren't hitting, and it was you know it was a pitcher's duel. You know, again, the bullpen looked very good, and, and so did Stroman. And it's the bottom of the eighth inning, and the heart of the order was coming up. And they had Lugo in already, but it was the bottom of the eighth, and they went to Diaz. Now, I'm sitting there saying they're down one. What are you doing if you score two in the ninth? Right. Who the frick is closing the game? And why is Diaz coming in the game at that time? Exactly. What, are you going for six outs? Yeah. With Diaz? Yeah. And then, of course, he does the Hansel role place where he points up in the air. What the and hell is that about? He did the same thing with Jacob Stallings. And at least Jacob I defended Stallings, the Stallings. At least once. that was like a little bit of a, a, a shallow home run. Ball was like six inches Harper inside. Harper a freaking bomb. The fact that he pointed, I was laughing. I was literally yeah. laughing. It hit off of the facing and center You know, field. why do pitchers do that? Like, you think, 
I guess it's a natural reaction, but you think Brandon Nimmo, whoever the hell's in center field, <laughs> is going to say, oh, where's the ball? And they look in and see Edwin Diaz pointing, pointing up. up. Yeah. Oh, crap. Oh, there it is. Yeah, fly ball. Thanks, Edwin. I, I mean, I, you know what I think it's for? I think there's actually an explanation. <laughs> what? It's so stupid. Yeah, you're right. Um, I think it's for the catcher. Yeah. That's what I heard. I heard a catcher talking So the catcher's about supposed it. to run 425 feet to No, I'm saying the catcher likes to see where the ball right. is. Right, right. So if he didn't see it right away, I don't know. It's probably just a reaction or he honestly didn't think. Maybe he's just pointing up here like this to pray to God that didn't. it's actually right. a pop fly. Right. Ball was he thinks if he smoke. points up, it might come back down. Can I say something? Um, I, yeah, This sure. is the... Is this okay for me to say? The Philadelphia Phillies are my least favorite team in all sports. Okay. Oh, that's what you... That's No. Don't say anything stupid right now. What are you going to say? They're fun. What do you mean they're fun? Like, they, they look... They, I don't know what it is. Maybe oh, like from a winning. baseball fan perspective? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. The like, Phillies. Bryce fun. Harper. I freaking love Bryce Harper. I know Mets fans despise him. I hate I him. I love Bryce Harper. I hate him. I can't not... He's on, like, three of my fantasy teams. He's right. obviously phenomenal. He's, I think he's the MVP as of right now in the NL. But this is, they're fun. I I can't. I hate to say it, right. they're a fun team. Enough about the Mets. Here we go. This is a very fun race right now for awards, especially in the National League. I mean, it's like every week the Cy Young changes. Now we're talking about Bryce Harper's the MVP because Jerome got hurt. Tatis is hurt. Who did you just I'm, say? What? Harper. No, before Tatis. DeGrom. Oh, I, I didn't hear what you said. Oh, good. I was like, I heard Gagrom. Yeah, like, stay hot. Yeah. Um, but I'm having fun with this right now. I mean, my boy Bryce Harper's in the MVP race. Let's see what happens. Let's get weird with this. I mean, who else is going to pop up all of a sudden? My boy Freddie Freeman going to get As- in the mix? Aside from Harper's... um, Max Muncy, honestly, might be the MVP. I gotta look at Muncy's numbers. He's like not talked about at all. He's an extremely talented player who was at, excellent at getting on base. Wow, four oh eight. Yep. Honestly, he might be the MVP. He's got the WAR numbers too. Yankees just took the lead in the eighth inning, two to one. Five point two WAR. Yep. Wow. Yankees took the lead, two to one. Um. Let's transition to them now. I Let's think transition to them. We've talked about the Mets enough. Yeah, thank God enough with them. Uh, this would be a little quick about the Yankees. Yankees took three out of four from the Mariners this weekend. A lot of fun games. I, you know, I that was the first time this year I watched every game of the series, like at least like six innings. I, I haven't been, you know, it's summertime. You're always out and working or whatever. Yeah, casual, right. <laughs> um, but fun series to watch. And... Now, adversity hits again. Gloria Vitora is on the IL. He stole second base yesterday and jammed his finger. It turns yes. out he sprained his thumb. Just real quick, can guys just not play through injuries anymore? I mean, come no. on. A left thumb strain, it's not even on his throwing hand. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't. Come on. I don't know if he can grip a bat. He can Speaking grip a bat. He did it yesterday. He went three for three yesterday after he got hurt. I um, mean, if he can grip the bat, then I'm with you. But if he can't right. grip the freaking bat, then he can't grip the bat. Agreed. 
Um, Anthony Rizzo got COVID. Not good. He Please. joins Garrett Cole, Jordan mm-hmm. Montgomery, and just about everybody else. The Yankees are vaccinated, and yeah, the Yan- no Rizzo's not vaccinated. Oh, good. But no, the please. Yankees COVID slash IL team is actually better than their current team. When you look, at Urshela the had a setback today too, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That's not good. Um, the only good news I'd guess would say Severino had four perfect innings the go. other day in uh, his rehab assignment. So hopefully he'll be back soon. Cole's um, has to be back this week, right? Yeah. And same thing with Montgomery later in the week. You would think. I mean, you would think. Um, he'll be back. So, listen, things are looking up for this team. They're in a very, very competitive race right now. Never mind the wild card race. Just within their own division, um, the Red Sox got... It seemed like they were exchanging blows with the Blue Jays, and they were going to take split that series, but they blew the game late. In the final game of that series, so the Blue Jays took three out of four. It's a hot hat. Blue Jays, yeah, Merle's got his Blue Jays hat on. Blue Jays are a half game back of the Yankees. Um, Yankees are about three games back of the Red Sox and six back of the Rays. So, can I say something? Sure. The Red Sox are going to finish fourth in this division. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think a team will touch the Rays. Okay. And I think the Yankees and the Jays will battle it out for the wild. Interesting. Okay. You think the A's get the other one? Yes. Okay. The Red Sox have one right now. Um. The look. Red Sox have yes. Oh, just X'd out of MLB.com. Good. Oh, Please. Good, good job. Say hot. Uh, yeah. So I think Boston falls out of the race completely. Actually, no. Sorry. The A's. A's are the one. Are the one. Boston A's is are the two, two back of the division right now. I know. Now, that's actually. what I'm also saying. A's. Um, I've been big on the Astros this year, but um, I was big on the Astros before before they got good. Okay. Calm down. I was – I said the Astros are going to be very good before the season started. Right. I don't want to hear any BS there. Yeah. Um, yeah, Oakland will get the one – I don't even know if Oakland's going to get the one. I think the Astros are going to win the division. Right. It's, it's going to be interesting. I mean – Toronto is so – Toronto is so interesting because – they trade for Barrios, and... Their rotation is not that bad. It's really good. Yeah. Ryu's I mean, Ryu. Ryu. Robbie Ray's been the an best AL, pitcher in their rotation. An AL Cy Young yeah, candidate. all of a sudden. Tight and, pants yeah, Robbie. Mr. Schmedium <laughs> pants. And, yeah, like you said, the Alex Barrios Mano- trade. Alex, Alex Manoa, Manoa has been really good yeah. since they called him up. So... And they made moves in that pen. They added pieces into that bullpen. They added Soria, who's hurt right now. They but got was, Brad Hand, no? And they got Brad Hand. So, they're... It's going to be very... I don't know right now who I would say the Yankees or the Blue Jays, but it's very interesting. You know they can hit. They're the, what are they, they have to be one of the best offensive teams yeah. in baseball. Um, and do you, wait, hold on. Do you see their run differential? Wait, yeah. I think we spoke about it last day. Their expected record is sixty-seven and forty-three. They have a plus one twenty-three run differential. Yeah. It's one of the best in baseball. Yeah. I'm gonna look right now. Uh, one, two, three. They're the fourth best run different, fifth best run differential in all baseball. Vladimir Guerrero. We know about the fantastic season that he's having for the Blue Jays, but. You know he's not the team's leader in war? Is it Bichette? It's Marcus Semyon. Wow, yeah. They actually, they're t- it, this says they both have a 5.2 war, but I think uh, Semyon's like a little bit higher when you go into, I guess, decimal, more deeper decimals. But Semyon's 
I mean, look at the year this guy's having. He's been 274. He's got 26 homers and 865 OPS. Yeah. Um, and we know how great he is defensively. I, th- I believe he's won a gold glove before. And, yeah, this team is just has a really good core. Do they scare you? Yes. More than the Rays? Ugh. I feel like their ceiling is so much higher. Yes. And I think I think they do scare me more than the Rays, to be honest with you. I, mean, I know that's a crazy statement saying the it's Rays not, are it's really uh, not. the number one team in the division right now, but this team can freaking hit. If and they turn it on and everything uh, that's their going. Luck, obviously, their luck hasn't been great with the run differential they have, and you, know, you just feel like things like that just end up fixing themselves, and that's kind of what's going on right now. They've been on a tear, the Blue Jays. But... I don't know. I can't. You can't. You can only look up. And for the Yankees right now, they just got to keep this momentum going. Like I said, they took the lead. As they're about to try and close the game out. Um, I think they're in the bottom of the eighth. But you just got to keep this momentum going, and you got to beat these teams when you face them. That's the most important thing. We saw with the Mets how they collapsed. You need to beat they the team when you face them. Yeah. You can do whatever you want around the league and hope they lose, but when it comes head-to-head, you have to win those games. Even just so. the teams in their division. The Royals got two men on, nobody out in the bottom of the eighth. Right. The Yankees play the Blue Jays. Seven more times. Seven more times, and they're both in September. And they got the Rays to end the season. Mm-hmm. What was the what did the Yankees' offense look like this weekend? Not good, right? Um, They started off good, and then they, yeah, they tailed off. Friday they, they had scored Friday runs. they had the the Gallows go at Homer. Then Saturday they won an extras three to two. Um and then Wait, I'm skipping a game. Thursday. Sat- no, no, Thursday Saturday was the Gallo Homer. Yeah. Saturday they scored. Saturday I read scored. somewhere that their but, offense was like I, I I don't know who it was. It was like a New York Post writer. He said the the Yankees and Mets offense look the same right now, especially with Rizzo out. And I was like, I don't think the Yankees look that bad. Right. But Saturday was a bit of luck because you, oh, yeah. you had the Higashioka scored on the fielder's choice. You had the Odor homer. Um, thank you, Short Porch. I was at Citizens Bank yeah. in Philadelphia on Saturday. and the, the Yankees were the only game on at the time. Right. And, uh, yeah, they I saw like three they had three breaks right in that one inning. Yeah. It's like, wow. Maybe, so, nice. maybe something like that can happen. Did you for the see match. the Seattle Mariners forgot how to catch a fly ball? This yeah, weekend? they did every, yeah. everything. Yeah, that was one of them. Mitch Hanniger was like the yeah. the dumbest fielder I've ever seen in my life. My boy Jared Kelnick looked good. Yeah, yeah, nice weekend. He did look good. He did look good. That's your boy. Yeah, it's sarcastic, mm, my boy. Okay. Um, yeah, you gave me a thumbs up there. What else we got? Is there anything? Got to get to our list. I know. Yeah. And get back and yep. uh, we'll talk Eloy, some football. Eloy Jimenez looks really good. Eloy he had Jimenez does look he really like good. An, he had another home run tonight. My World Series looking good. And once he gets going, that'll help him out big time. And then Luis Robert. All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back with our list and some football. The S and Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Here we go. Episode 27, Hardline Sports Talk. We are back. Got some football to do. We have a list, top five NFL head coaches. I, I made my list of the top ten, but, you know. He got lazy and did five. So, well, I, what do you mean I got lazy? We always do five. I know, I mean, but we I could just sit here all day. I went crazy. I could do top thirty-two, but uh, I, I'm not going to do that. I went crazy. All right, here. so leave your uh, start yeah. at five. 
Don't, don't. All right, here we go. Top five head coaches. You want me to start? Sure. All right, I'm flip-flopping. I'm going to go with this. You, you said you made it kinky, so will I. Mm. Number five, Sean McDermott. Mm. He is the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, and since he's taken over, he's been unbelievable. This team is – I mean, this team has taken steps. And listen, you got to give credit, obviously, to this whole coaching staff, but they've taken steps to put themselves seriously in, in the conversation to be Super Bowl contenders. Yes. And he's, he's a defensive-minded head coach, but, man, is he good. Yeah. And he's – he seems like the type of guy that gets angry when he needs to be, but he's cool, calm, and collected on the side on the sideline usually. Right, right. Seems like. Um. Yeah. I also have Sean McDermott at five. Oh, good. Um. Yeah. Kind of. You know, as a Jets fan, being able to watch this Bills team over the years, you saw they had a nice core, especially on the defense, good roster, but they never seemed to be able to put it together. And obviously, they got it right with the quarterback, and Sean McDermott was a big help for that. Um, really helped Josh Allen thrive in that system. And, yeah, I, I got to agree with you. Sean McDermott's done a hell of a job in Buffalo, a team that's progressed and developed way faster than we thought and become as, you know, better than we thought they could ever become. Um, a true fear team in the AFC. We saw that last year. So, yeah, Sean McDermott's my number five. My number four, this isn't a crazy pick. I'm going with Mike Tomlin, head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Listen, Pittsburgh hasn't won a Super Bowl in, what, 13 years, something like that, which yeah. really isn't that long of a drought. Um, but it seems like it is when you think about how much this team has been relevant and in the playoffs and in contention. They haven't been but under 500 since That's exactly what I was just going to say. Mike Tomlin has never had an under 500 season, and I want to see what he pulls off this year because I think that roster really isn't that great. So you can never count the Steelers out, though. I feel like they'll still be in the wild card hunt, and I don't think they'll be contending for the division, but... You never know. Like I said, great coaching out of Mike Tomlin, and that could get you a long way. So, Mike Tomlin is my number four. I have Mike Tomlin at five, and I switched him for McDermott. I just dislike This might not have anything. I mean, it does. But the shenanigans off the field with his players. Right. Throwing people under the bus. Yeah. Kind of. Took me down to six. Big Ben, down to six. Big ben though, isn't the greatest He's guy. not easy. And Antonio Brown, either. It's not like he's dealt with some... True Angels. class acts. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm talking about, like, Juju and that whole okay. issue. Like, they collapsed last season. Right. And I think he needs some blame there. But I also think that roster wasn't even good enough to be the record that they had in the first place. Uh, offensively, yeah. Offensive line. Yeah. Quarterback. Absolutely. Agreed. All right. Number four. I don't know if you're going to agree. Frank Wright. I just... When he was in Philadelphia... He was the offensive coordinator when they won the Super Bowl. And he was great. He saw what he made Carson Wentz. He made Carson Wentz an MVP-type player. Right. And now, last season with Phillip Rivers, takes them to the playoffs. They were very, very good. They were – I think if they had a better quarterback, they would have been a seriously dangerous team. Yeah. In the AFC, and they're just getting better. I think offensively, he's an he. I think he's an offensive genius. I think he has a system that a lot of quarterbacks can, a lot of quarterbacks can thrive in. And I think really this season he's going to prove to be a top five head coach. I know it might be too premature, but I'm put I'm predicting that that's what's okay. going to happen. He's not on my list, but it, I definitely respect the guy. I think he's a great head coach. Uh, my number three is. Oh no, I won't do my three. Oh, sorry, I apologize. Go I ahead. won't do three. Go ahead. Yeah, no, please yeah. cry. Uh, Bill Belichick. <laughs> um, what? What? You mean three? Yeah, I got kinky here. 
There's two. Yeah, you get kinky. You got stupid. There's two head coaches right now better than him. Okay. No, go ahead. There's two head coaches better than him. Yeah. The guy's got six Super Bowl rings, but yeah, no. Oh, no. Oh, I forgot we were talking about all time. Go ahead. I, I forgot. You we're act adding... like he won the Super Bowl rings 20 years ago. I forgot we were talking about all time, so let's add Bill yeah. Parcells He's onto this. one so year too. without Tom Brady and a, co- a defense that half opted out for COVID, but no, please, go ahead. Cam Newton. The guy with How one... is this anything against Bill the, Belichick? The guy with a bum shoulder. It's Other disrespectful. Than... He's arguably the greatest head coach of all time. He is the greatest head coach of all time. And you have a number three on the list? Let's talk about what's happened, though, over the past few years. The way they've evaluated and drafted wide receivers, not good. His drafts the past couple of years have not been that good. Okay, that's him as a GM, not as a head coach. Okay, well. He's both. Maybe he should only be coach. Okay, but as a head coach, he's a very... He's a genius. I think there's two. I agree with you. I think there's two head coaches better than him right now going into the season. Okay. I really don't understand why. Because of the year the Patriots had last year. Honestly, the fact that they were even in contention with Cam Newton, the guy with a bad shoulder and obviously not the player he once was, even though some people who are on crack think he's going to be like an MVP this year. Um, Imagine thinking And a defense with Dante Hightower and all these uh, and uh, all these key guys opting out. And they they won eight games? Well, no, please go. I got Belichick at three. I think there's two head coaches better than him right now. I think right. you can name them. All right. Yep. Um, not going to name them. Um, my number three, Kyle Shanahan of the San Francisco 49ers. You don't have one of these guys on the list. Absolute genius, this dude, Kyle Shanahan. Um, really excited to see that system with the New York Jets. Uh, it's, <laughs> oh, it's far, no, the San Francisco 49ers. But, yeah. This is a guy who went to the Super Bowl with the Falcons as a coordinator, then got hired to the San Francisco 49ers, took them to the Super Bowl, lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, The guy had Jimmy Garoppolo as quarterback, and he still made that offense thrive. That defense was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Dealt with a lot of adversity last year. Guys getting injured on both sides of the ball. Jimmy G was hurt. Uh, Nick Bosa tore his ACL. Just a, a ton of injuries. George Kittle was out. So... I have Kyle Shanahan number three. I think he's a genius, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And I think that 49ers team is going to be really good. And I think Trey Lance is going to be playing a lot of games for them. And oh, not Trey Lance. Is, you know, if I'm Trey Lance, I'm ecstatic. I'm playing in, in San Francisco, California. Uh, I'm on a great team with a great head coaching staff. He's really in position to thrive. That's my number three. My number two is the man himself, Andy Reid. Um... We know how good the Chiefs are now. He's been to the Super Bowl with the Eagles, and he's been with the Chiefs. Finally got that ring two years ago. Really, you want to talk about offensive genius? He's right at the top of the list. The creativity he's done. Yeah, he basically is the list. The creativity he's uh, had with the Chiefs and obviously the way Mahomes has thrived and the way they use Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, he's, he's certainly a very smart head coach, and he's my number two. Disrespectful that this guy's not on your list. John Harbaugh. Mm. I had him on my list at five, and then I scratched him out to put Sean McDermott on. Yeah. Harbaugh. Honestly, he probably deserves to be on the list. I just, you know. Well, that's why I kinky to him. Put Belichick three. Yeah, no, see that? No, that's, like I said, that's just stupid. I actually thought you weren't going to put him on your list. Bill Belichick. Yeah, I I did Mm. not think you were going to put him in your top five. Mm. Uh, Yeah, Harbaugh is underrated at times. I, you know, he's a defensive-minded head coach, but what he's done with this team, 
kind of Mike Tomlin-ish where he, they're always in it. Always relevant, always tough. And they said, okay, we'll bring in Lamar Jackson. But what they've done, the whole coaching staff, to seriously, I mean, that whole offense is just completely built around Jackson. Yeah. Everything they do is for Lamar Jackson. And they were able to just completely revamp the offense and go to that after having Joe Flacco for all those years. It's impressive. Again, like you said, he's always in it. He's And he's just a really, really good head coach. Right. Yeah, that was very smart. That was impressive, the quick turnaround they had with Flacco to Lamar. Um, yeah, I don't really have to explain much there. Yeah. And we, we spoke about it. Andy Reid's number one for me. He's an offensive genius. The, the things that he's done in, in the past, uh, what is it now, four years? Yeah. It's unbelievable. Right. This is a tough list to make. I mean, I think it's very obvious. We know my number one's Bill Belichick. Yep. Um, but, yeah, this is a tough list to make. A lot of good head coaches out there. You got guys who have won Super Bowls and same thing, always have their teams in contention. Guys like Sean McVay and um, – well, Sean McVay hasn't won a Super Bowl, but Sean Payton has, and he's – I think Sean Payton's same... overrated the past, past couple of years. Okay. Fair? I think that's – you know, someone's always going to be. Not everybody can win the Super Bowl. Someone's always going to be overrated or whatever and underperform. I think with the way Drew Brees played towards the end of his career, he he still did a great job with using using the most out of that offense and the defense too. The defense was good for the Saints. A defense that we thought was going to be bad and developed over years and turned into a pretty nice defense. Somebody I really wanted to put on the list. You named him Kyle Shanahan. Item seven. I really wanted Shanahan on that list, though. But we'll uh, we'll see. So my list was Sean McDermott, Frank Wright, Bill Belichick, John Harbaugh, and Andy Reid. You say John Harbaugh? Yeah, what is it? It's Harbaugh. Harbaugh. No, no, you don't pronounce it. It's Harbaugh. Well, it is when you spell it. Okay. Harbaugh. Do you know how the English language works? No. Okay. Uh, Sean McDermott, five. Mike Tomlin, Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid, and Bill Belichick is my list. Those Why don't we segue right into what we're talking about? A little foosball. A little foosball. Uh, where do you want to start? Where do you want to start? You want to start with rookie quarterbacks? Or you want to start oh, with yeah. Th- Let's start with them because we, we kind of touched on the 49ers a little bit, but th- I think they're the most interesting team in the league, and I think that Trey Lance, I'm going to say it, I think Trey Lance has the highest ceiling in any of these rookie quarterbacks. If he, the system he's on, the weapons he'll have, I think he's going to thrive. He's that talented. He's got that much raw ability. I think they're going to be very good. I think he's going to be very good. And I don't think there's a question. And I think you're going to agree with me who they should start week one. Yeah, I agree. Um, Yeah, Trey Lance is really good. Like you said, uh, he's in a really good situation. And, I mean, you look at the weapons he's got. He's got George Kittle. He's got Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, a guy who I think Break a lot of people are expecting to have a really, really good season. Um, then they got a, a decent amount of running backs. Raheem Mostert, fastest guy in the league at that position. And my boy Kyle Juszczyk, a little fullback. Mm-hmm. And best left tackle in the league, probably. And Trent Williams, him or Bakhtiari, I think we'd say. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Luke Voigt said, go ahead, Homer. Top wow. Um... So, yeah, but Trey Lance should be playing, um, and so should Mr. Justin Fields of the Chicago Bears. I mean, I think these teams always say when they draft these quarterbacks, oh, you know, we're going to let them sit on the bench for a little while, kind of learn. That's all BS, and it ends up week, week three. Remember Herbert? 
Mm-hmm. Tyrod Taylor was supposed to be a starter for this team week two. I don't even did Ty, did he get hurt? Yeah. Taylor? He got hurt, but then they they just never brought mm-hmm. him back in. Obviously. Um. So. I feel like something like that always happens. Uh, Jimmy G will get hurt or whatever. Andy Dalton will get hurt or something. But, yeah, these teams, if Jimmy G, the moment, let's say Jimmy G week one and two goes out and throws for three touchdowns and three picks through two games. You're wasting wasting a couple games. And they lose. You think they're really going to ride out Jimmy G and not not play (laughs) Trey Lance? No. I'd ride out Jimmy you're, G. You're right. I mean, so would I. Yeah, that's a handsome um, man. But, you know, you're right. The same, not the same situation at all, but um, with the Giants, when they drafted Jones, Eli had a couple of bad games to start of the year, and they were like, right. okay, we're going to Jones. Yeah. Like, that was But it. the difference is with that. The 49ers are actually in contention. Yeah, and the 49ers, but they actually have, like, a good quarterback to put in. Right. Daniel Jones sucks. Right. So, it's a little different. Yeah. But... <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, what the hell are we doing with Andy Dalton in Chicago? I mean, good guy. $14 million. Nothing, nothing against him. $14 Why million. do the Bears just love taking money, dousing lighter fluid on it, and just burning it? <laughs> the Bears are a poverty franchise. <laughs> they got Nick Foles. They traded for Nick Foles for some reason. Um, and how about the Mike Glennon contract? Like, when four years ago when they drafted Trubisky, they signed Mike Glennon for three years, like $45 million. And they're like, oh, we're also going to trade up once one pick and draft Mitch Trubisky. No, no they're like, idiots. Uh, what? They're so stupid. Listen, I, I don't know. I'm not a big Fields believer. I don't think he's going to be uh, too good. But uh, with the way he's looked in practice so far, I still don't think he I, – I wouldn't start Dalton. Right. All that stuff, I don't pay attention to that at all. I remember they were talking, talking about Mitch Trubisky. He said he looked like a, a he was you know like the league on fire in practice. And Wilson's having a bad bad camp. Yeah, Wilson. Well, you know he's had a good camp. He just had a bad scrimmage oh, the other he day. Did. He had a very good day today, but I, I could care less what he does. Exactly. You know, the, the guy, Peyton Manning, all these guys that they play like crap for years and then become great players. You know, one or two years and become great players. Two weeks into training camp isn't going to mean a guy's a bust. For all the crap you guys talk about Daniel Jones, not only just for the sake of my team, but just so like he could shut everybody up and like say like an F you to everybody, mm-hmm. I want him to be good. Okay. But like obviously more for my oh, team. I get that, yeah. But, you know, an F you to I mean, not going to happen, but. No, I know. I'm I mean, glad that you, you know, think it. I don't. Good. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen. Right. You know how I feel about my G, man. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for the season to start. That Bears pick is going to be really valuable, uh, you know, to package straight up and get a quarterback. And Spencer Rattler. Yeah. That would be hot. Oh, my God. No, Aaron Rodgers. Listen, cool. if Daniel Jones turns out to be a good quarterback, I'm going to have pie on my face because, yeah. ugh, I mean, I just wrote, I've just put that dude's name to the ground, mm-hmm. into the dirt. Like, well, yeah. you know. We'll put, we, your, we we'll put your face into the dirt after the he's an all-pro yeah. quarterback this year. All right, give um, me give me your rookie quarterback rankings, first round picks this year for what you think their stats will look at the end of the year. Who's gonna have the best year? Who's gonna have the worst year? Trey Lance, number one. Lawrence, number two. Wilson, number three. Uh, Jones, number four, and Fields, number five. Okay. Um, I don't want to be too homerish here with Wilson. I'm gonna say I'll say Lawrence one. Wilson two, Lance three, 
Fields four, Jones five. I think Jones is gonna have a really good year. Like when I rank Who knows that, he's gonna play. I I think they should start. I think they should play him too. But like when I rank them, I believe like I believe Lance is gonna have a really good year. I believe Lawrence got a really good year. I think Wilson's gonna have a nice year, and I genuinely think Joe, Mac Jones is gonna work there. Right. I think he's gonna be very successful there. Not only in his first year, but just well throughout his career. We know about the system he's in and yeah. the fantastic head coach. That yes. I cannot stand that he has. Yes. So, but respect the hell out of. Yeah. Then clearly. again, I feel like it doesn't get talked about enough with all the scandals that he's had. You know, in baseball, we're up in arms about the Astros, but then you have Bill Belichick, who who's had three cheating scandals already. And uh, yeah, Brady's the goat. Belichick's the goat. You know, we don't really talk about it much, but whatever. I have an idea. What? Cry about it, oh, or okay. have your team, or beat them in the Super Bowl. Because no, okay. we did that twice. Yeah. So Thanks. I didn't know that. I feel like yeah. Giants fans don't talk about that enough. Yeah, no, we won two Super Bowls. Oh, really? Time. Yeah, they were 16-0. and 0 did Eli, Was Eli playing in those? He was the MVP in both. Oh, really? Yeah. And is that what makes him a Hall of Famer? All seriousness, he's a Hall of Famer, obviously, but... Um, not not really, no, obviously. Obviously, no, he's no. a Hall of Famer. No. But, um, yeah, lower passer rating than Jay Cutler, but yeah. No, he's a Hall of Famer, obviously, but that... First MVP is terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, sure. Yeah, MVP. If if leading the league in turnovers three times is what 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 makes you a Hall of Famer. Then, hey, Kurt, Kurt, then Kurt sure. Warner's Hall of Famer. Kurt Warner's so. a Mickey Mouse Hall of Famer. That's so, whack. He was a backup quarterback. Miracle story. Can't rewrite the history of yeah, the NFL without yeah. Eli Manning. Did he work in a supermarket or something? Yeah, he's an idiot. He should go back there. Start yeah. stocking shelves. Wow. Michael Thomas might be on the move here. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what. You told me you go. I don't even know what yeah. that is going on here. So, Michael he's Thomas. Irrelevant. Sean Payton made some comments. Kind of a little backhanded uh, shot at Michael Thomas. Talking about how he got surgery too late. And now he's going to be out for the beginning of the year. And I got to get the quote. But Michael Thomas basically tweeted something today. Uh he tweeted, they tried to damage your rep- reputation. We assume this is talking about Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. They tried to damage your reputation. You saved theirs by not so- telling your side of the story. So, obviously, Michael Thomas is saying, hey, there's stuff that's covered up that Sean Payton didn't say. Um, not telling both sides of the story. So, it's the trade talks are heating up. I mean, you look at this article right here. The first thing that comes up when you look at Michael Thomas, pro football talk, a Michael Thomas trade seems inevitable. So he's had a lot of beef with this team over the years, especially this past year. We've seen his name in the headlines. So who knows what's going to happen with him? I mean, I would I would want him. Yeah, what's his contract look like? That's you know, that's someone. Um, I think he got like a yeah, like a. Five-year, like hundred million dollar contract. He got a really big contract. Listen, he's kind of problematic. He's always injured. All these wide receivers are divas. Yeah. Five years, ninety-six million. Yeah, I I don't know if it's gonna be as easy. I don't think they're gonna be able to trade. Yeah, me neither. He's injured, like you said. He's a diva, like all of them. And I mean, just big just think about the best receivers in the league. Who is not a diva? DeAndre Hopkins is a diva, big time. Adams, he's kind of starting to show a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. When the money is becoming something. Yeah. Um, Julio, we thought wasn't a diva, but it kind of got a little shaky there in Atlanta at the end. Now he's with the Titans. 
Um, Tyreek Hill, he's had problems off the he's, field. He's not a diva. He's, a he's not a diva. Asshole. Stephon Criminal. Diggs is a big-time diva. Yeah. Um, you know, now I'm just OBJ, who's not a top receiver anymore, but he's yeah. still a well-known receiver. Diva. A lot of guys are divas in the league. Michael Thomas. Um, uh, I wouldn't consider Kenny Holiday a diva. <laughs> yeah, again, number one yeah. receiver. Um, no, Kenny Holiday is Kenny Holiday is like a middle of the road number one receiver. He's like a top. He's a, he's definitely a top twenty receiver in the league. Might be top fifty. I don't think Holiday's gonna. I'd have, I'd have to I don't think Holiday's gonna have a good year. Okay, that's just me. Oh, DK Metcalf, diva. Diva. What about Justin Jeff? No. Eh. I love well, me. Some some, I love me some Justin well, Jeff. He'll be a diva. Yeah. He'll be a diva. Uh, what what else is there in the NFL where I can't wait? I really can't. How many more Sundays we got? We got fantasy drafts coming up. We got people texting in our league right now. We voted on issues. Like, we voted on things to have done, like, differently in my league that I, I'm a commissioner yeah. in for work. You're in the league. Yeah. And they're complaining about it. Yeah. You guys literally voted on it. I know. I, you, you had I my votes. You had my votes. Yeah. I didn't even ask you. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't you voted know. how I voted. That was it. Um, Deshaun Watson at Texans camp. It's weird. I mean, he's showing up. He's in pads. He's talking to the GM on the field. It's uh, it's interesting. I don't know what the hell's going to happen, though. But right. he's there, and they think that they could possibly convince him. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's best? They they say they're gonna do what's best for the Texans. So what's best for the Texans? Him Ugh. on the team for the next five years, and here here's the, the trade thing. doesn't trade doesn't make you won't get equal value in a trade. Here's the thing. I'm no lawyer, but this whole Watson situation just seems like really bad. I mean, I would imagine that it's it's. I don't want to say easy, but. Not as rough of a situation if he had maybe one or two accusers. The guy's got 22 accusers. I mean, there's you, there's no way that's not true. If there's 22 freaking people coming, women coming out, there's no way that this guy's like, oh no, it's it's all not true. Don't worry about it. Come on. Um, Money's important. So, like I said, I'm no lawyer. I don't know the details. Who knows if it's easy, if, if you know to get out of that? But even if he somehow gets out of that. Do you really want that guy as the leader of your franchise? A guy who depends if it's not true. A sexual abuser. I don't know. Who knows? Like we said, I don't want to get into it. Um, but the Texans need to do what's best for them. I, I guess from just a football standpoint, forget about the character and off the field issues. You would keep him because the guy's a friggin' talented quarterback. But maybe that relationship's just too tarnished now, and he's too much of a liability. But what are you going to get for him? Who's going to want Like, I understand he's very talented, and there's been rumors that the Eagles want him and the Dolphins want him or whatever. But mm. are they really going to give you three first-round picks and a phenomenal, you know, Devontae Smith or someone, the Eagles, when you have this hanging over your head? The Eagles should trade for him. You know why? Why? Poverty. Yeah. Yeah. They should not trade for him. In all seriousness, they should not trade for him. A team I mean, like Jalen the Dolphins. Hurts. Is not the answer, but a team like the Dolphins should trade for right. him. Team, I'm trying to think of teams with a lot of draft capital and players that they could give. Yeah, like the Dolphins are one. The of Dolphins those teams. can trade for him, and they'll have a playoff ready roster. 
they'll be a legit team if yeah. they add him. Oh, definitely. Uh, that wouldn't be good for you, though. No, nah, definitely not. Definitely like, not. Like, we don't good. have enough good quarterbacks in the AFC. Right. right. Yeah. You know, yeah. He's still in the AFC, Watson. But, yeah. No, you know, in the AFC. We could get rid of some. Yeah, in the That'd AFC. That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah you got Josh Allen. So yeah, exactly. You got to deal with that. Yeah. yeah, so um, I am very excited for the football season to start. We are right there. It's August 9th. Um, we got anything season else? this week. Jets, Giants, Thursday night. This Thursday? Be- Maybe that's the night we go to beat ups. Yeah, it's cool. See you there. Uh, See you there. Right. Where are we going? Uh, oh, my God, Jam. I don't even want to tell you what just happened. We're outside the game. This dude, Zach Britton. Why is Zach why Britton? Is Britton? In the game that was my next when, question. In a one run game. Where's Chappie? He's got a five. He's on the IL. Oh, that's right. Chappie's hurt. He's got a five ERA. Oh, now five seven nine. Good. Um, and ever just the whole year he hasn't been able to find his control. Chappie, where's Chappie? Yeah. Oh, come. Do you see this box score right now? One 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 yeah. one one one. Seven three runs. We blew each. the lead three times. Three runs each. Seven hits each. One error each. Yeah. Who's up right now? Not gonna watch this game when I go home. It's gonna be too it. frustrating. Oh, good. I'll watch it for you. Uh, we got anything? Yo, send us voicemails, please. Actually, I probably will watch the game. You will. Can... You have a sickness. Yeah. We all have sicknesses. Send us voicemails. We'd love, we'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah. You know, it's the way we um, get guests We're going to do show. a little football special, I guess you could call it, before the season like we did with baseball for the actually the first ever episode we had. We did yeah. that. Um, and, yeah, I'm excited. Dude, football is freaking fun, man. Um, I was just thinking about it today with school, and I was like, oh, I got these Monday I gotta have class. Or the schedule's like, gonna change. I'm like, wait a minute, Monday, Monday night football. It's just fun during the, the yeah. you know, sitting watching Red Zone, um, playing fantasy football. Obviously, that's where all the trades are made in your classes. We all know that yeah. you make all your trades at class. I pay attention in school. Um, yeah, oh, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, then then we're not even getting to the betting side, even though betting is illegal. I mean, in New York State. No, it's not. Uh, we're our schedule is gonna change. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that later, but we're gonna make it you know more good for football season. Right, we're gonna make it right football season. But and we gotta work around our schedules with school and everything. Yeah. School comes first. Yeah, it's, of course. Yeah, hit the books. Yeah, so again, send us voicemails, send us questions, um, and we'll be back third Friday. So we we'll talk to you guys then.